Good morning, everybody. I'm going to be speaking on faith once again, as I've basically spoke on every single time so far this year. Um, but before I do, I want to pray, and I want us to, um, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray for me, that, that the, the Spirit would be leading me, guiding me, directing me in the things that I should be saying, um, and also for yourselves, so that you guys would have ears to hear, um, that your eyes would be open, that your hearts would be um, ready to receive, and the soil would be, would be good to, for planting. So just join me. Father, I just thank you uh, for your grace um, through your word that we can just come and we can find out more about who you are. Um, and not just find out more about who you are, but actually live into something greater. That you've actually accomplished something, that you've done something, um, and you've called us into this, into this promised land, into this life, into this grace that is so full that we would just continue to find greater depths, greater things of, in your grace, that we never find an end to what you've done and what you've accomplished, God. That, that those are the things that, that as we come to your word, that we would see these things. So I ask that you would open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to, to receive from you today, not from me, not specifically from the words that I'm saying, but that, that your spirit would fill me, that your spirit would speak into their lives and be filling them, and that, that your spirit would just be planting, your spirit would just be moving and actually cultivating all of this work, God. And I thank you for your goodness, I thank you for your faithfulness, that this is your heart, and that these are the things that you want done. So in Jesus' name, amen. So at first when I was thinking about... Um, there's lots of different things I'd like to talk about on faith. So one of them, I was thinking, so what, what if I did a teaching on when faith doesn't seem to be working? Like, sometimes I feel like that's something that we struggle with. We're like, like I thought I had faith, but it doesn't seem to be working. And then as I thought about it, I'm like, I'm not sure that that's the right way to look at it. Because see, the, the Bible lays out a few different reasons of, um, of what of why faith wouldn't be working or why something isn't working when we think we should have, it, there was faith. And one of them is in James. James 4, 2 through, th- 2 through 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrong, wrongly to spend it on your own passions. So there's something about us asking. First off, we need to be asking for these things. Second off, asking with the right motives, asking with the right heart, going, what is God's will? What is the things that he wants? And those are the things that I want to align my my faith with that I would actually ask um, the things that he is after. Does that make sense? So it's not like I'm, I'm just going after, like, I'm not having faith just for whatever I want. It's the will of God is the things that I want to know. Those are the things that I want to be directing my line with, my thought with, and living into that. That's what I want. So the, there's another one in First John uh, 3.22. It says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And that's another one. So whatever we ask, whatever we, ask we receive, because we're keeping his commandments. So a lot of times I think, I think Pastor Nick said something along the lines of, well, think of the, don't think of the Ten Commandments just as like these rules, uh, but like it's actually the life that we're called to live into. It's not like just keep these things, like, like these are the things that we have to nail down and figure out and figure out how to live by these things. It's actually like, it's a vision into what the life is supposed to be. Like there isn't supposed to be stealing. There isn't supposed to be lying. Live into the greater reality, the life that he has actually called us into. So don't look at it as like these commandments, like the only way I get this is by obeying his commandments, but look at the life that actually is in the commandments. Look at the life that is in his law, that he's actually after something greater, that he actually is calling us to live into a higher reality, and that's what he's actually maturing. And just like you would make rules for your children, that's what he's doing. He's like, hey, I want you to grow up into 
a true Christian. I, like, I want you to grow up into all things who is Christ the head. I want you to be mature in him, in me. That's what I want you to grow up into. So that when you ask, you're actually already obeying those things. So that when you ask, those things happen. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So like, we know that if we're asking these things in line with his will, he's hearing us. So, the, so, so when I, whenever I think, why isn't faith working? I think the question, like, I'm asking the wrong question. I think I, it's not so much about why isn't it working, but it's a misunderstanding of what faith is for. So let me ask you guys that question. What is faith for? And I'm not looking for, this is the right answer. I just am curious, like, what would you guys say faith is for? Y- yes. Do, reducing fear? Is that what you said? Okay. Pleasing God? Glorifying God? Walking in the Spirit? Yeah. Do what? Was there another one? Bring His kingdom on earth. Yeah. Receiving what we need. Receiving what we need. Yeah, I think it's all of these things. Like, there's so, like, when you start to think about faith, I started to think about it as one of those, like, burlap ropes, and there's, like, all of these fibers. And, like, they're so intertwined, and they're so, like, intermingled and intertangled with each other. Like, you can't pull that thing apart, and, like, each one is basically somehow connected to another that's connected to another that's connected to another. Or, or like, another way I was thinking of it is it's like this, this river, and there's all of these little inlets and streams and, like, lakes and eddies and, bur- and like, all of these things, and it's, like, it has no end. It's just, like, this f- the faith is just filled with all of these outlets and little things and, and little uh, pockets of water all over the place. And so, like, when we think of faith, I feel like too often we just one-dimensionalize it and just make it too small. And, I, like, I really want to, like, like, get this bigger picture of what is it for? Why do we, like, what is faith supposed to be for? Why, why is it even something that we're, we're required? Like, the righteous live by faith, right? Like, so, so if that's the case, then, like, why? What is it for? What's, what's the whole point of it? So... That's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. So I say, what is faith for? For bringing our lives into and grabbing a hold of the grace of God. So that, like, his grace has actually already accomplished all of these things. I take faith, and I go, I grab on to that, and I make that my reality. The grace that he has established for me, I take faith, and I go, yes, that is the true reality that he has already captured for me. I live into your grace every day. So this includes being born again, daily provisions, healings, finances. It's, it's all of these things, like all of these answers that we're given. It's all of those things. But it's coming into his grace. That's the whole thought in it. So faith is entering actually into new creation. Faith is based in, anchored in, established in, and alive in Jesus' finished work. So it's based in, it's anchored in, it's established in, and alive in Jesus' finished work. What he did in and through his life, by his death, in his resurrection, and now through his ruling and reigning as the glorified Son of Man, that's what we actually live into. Like uh, his, his, 
his resurrection is actually all tied up, the language around his resurrection is all tied up in new creation language. So it's like, hey, like what we want to see, what the things that were originally designed from the garden, and it's like we see in Ezekiel 47, the streams of living water are going to be coming out, feeding into this dead, dry land. That what we see in, in Revelation 21 and 22 of this like beautiful city of this garden Eden type thing, like that's the, like it's all of this language that's tied up into Jesus' resurrection that says, it's been inaugurated. We can live into his promised land. There's a kingdom that is here and it's not quite yet. Like we're living into something that's not fully in its full fruition, but we can actually live into it now, into that reality. So what's it for? It's, it's for, for us to take hold by faith the grace that God has already given to us. It's by grace that you've been saved through faith. Faith was used to take hold of that grace that God provided. And this is what faith continues to do. So it wasn't just a one-time thing that like, thank you God, I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm holding on to your grace saying, I am born again and that's all I needed. Like, I don't just need, hey, I just need to hang on to your grace to be born again. But there's actually like, I just continue to go, there's more grace. I'm holding on to this. I'm holding, it's like swinging like George the Jungle through the, through the vines. And so it's like, you just keep holding on to the next bit of grace, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's more here, and there's more over here, and there's more over here. And you're just like, whoa, there's so much grace. There's so much that he has already accomplished that he's going, live into this. Now, Here. Bring that Edenic blessing, that, that blessing of Eden, into the land right now, into the people's lives, so that you would actually be bearing fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, right? So you'd be a tree planted by streams of living water, so that anybody can come and pick its fruit. Your, your, your leaf doesn't wither. Your fruit is always ready. Like, that's the life that we're, like, th- these are the people that, that, are, that are born again. These are the people who are, are planted oaks of righteousness, and that's us. So what Jesus began in his resurrection is what we enter into now. It's all of this, this, this new creation, this Ezekiel 47, this Revelation 21 and 2. Read Romans 6 through 8. It's all about like, like the dead things are like, it's all over. Like it, the spirit has come and brings life into the dead things. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Dead body, alive. We're already like physically alive. How great is that? We have an advantage on what Jesus had. Like he was physically dead. We're physically alive. And his spirit comes in and then goes, you know what? There's dead places in your life. <sighs> Breathe breath of life into you so that the streams of living water can flow out of you. So then, how is this then lived out, right? First thing is remembering that faith has an object and a source. Our faith is in him. Not that I have a, like a belief in that there would be the right provisions at the right time, or not that I have enough hope that there would be a healing that would take place, or not that I have faith in the finances to just show up. It is always faith in Jesus. It's not faith in a healing. Like, I have faith in that this healing will take place. I have faith that these finances will come to be. I have faith in that this... No, it's only one faith. Faith in Jesus. And it's his grace. That's where the faith, like we put our faith in him and then we see these other things that take place. His life is the substance of things hoped for. His resurrection is the evidence of things not yet seen. So his life, what we saw like in when we read the Bible, when we read his life, his life, the things that we see from him, it's like, whoa, that's the substance of the things that I've hoped for. Like that's what we were called to live into from the very beginning, his life. And he's going, you're one with me. 
live my life through my spirit. He is, his life is the substance of things hoped for. His resurrection, this new life, this new creation, this actually new beginning, that is the evidence of the things not yet seen. Like we haven't seen the fullness of this new creation, but his resurrection is the evidence that it's coming. That he is the first fruits, right? He is the first fruits, and we, as part of his body, are the continuation of that fruit. It's why we walk by faith, not by sight. It's, it's Acts 17, 28, which says, in him we live and move and have our being. That's what faith is. It's, it's, it's everything coming in and through and by and for him. Does that make sense? That's what we're called to live into, but not by hoping we can or thinking systematically about it the right way. It's about putting all of our hope, all of our trust, and all of our belief in one thing, right? In him, in his finished work. He's finished it. He's done. Like, there's no more work that he has to do. He's done it all. It's that we would live our life, that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Like, that's what, like, even from the beginning, like in um, Exodus, I think is where, it's, where that was the original, that was the first place, like, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Like, that's what we were called to do from the beginning, that we would, we would so sit entrenched in his love that faith works through love, faith works through love, so that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, so that faith can actually take place. Because faith works through love. That I would so sit in his love and love him back that faith, like, I'm just living into the reality that he's already given for me. Because I, like, I, like the circumstances, what, what happens, like, I'm not, I, I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where, it, where I get, if I got stuck in a fiery furnace, I'm like, you know what? The Lord's going to, the Lord's going to do his thing and he, he's going to protect me. But even if he doesn't, it doesn't change the way, I don't, I don't my, my belief in his love doesn't change. Right? Like, even if I was burned up, even if I, like, even if, like, as I got closer, my skin just started to melt, and I'm just like, oh no, maybe God doesn't love me. He's not going to get me out of this one. No, 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 no. No, we have to be so entrenched in His love that whatever the circumstance, we don't go, oh no, He doesn't love me. Like, if He loved me, I w- I, this, this wouldn't be going on. Right? Like, we have to be so entrenched and, and so confident in his love that faith works through love, that we don't question his love for us, and we give all of our love back to him. <clears throat> that we would, like, we would even be like Joseph, that, you know, he gets sold out of his family, and it, it, it continues like, basically, Joseph's not where he wants to be. He's doing things that, it, like, isn't great. He's not super excited about where he is. Like, he had a thought, like, he's like, I had all these dreams, like, actual dreams, and he's like, these are things that I was expecting in my life and now I'm like a servant someplace and now, now I'm like falsely accused and now I'm in prison and God must not love me. And it says, and God was with him even there. Like even in the prison, he was with him. And, and Joseph's not sitting there going, you know what? When he decides to get me out of here, then I'll do something, right? <laughs> but until then, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna do anything. Or, or like, well, if, I, if, if he truly loved me, I wouldn't be in this prison to begin. I wouldn't have even been sold for my family. That wouldn't have happened if he actually loved me. But like, no, that's not, like, that's not his heart. He's going, God has a bigger picture. Even if, even if these things happen, it doesn't change my view on what his love for me is. So that my faith actually works through love. 
If I don't love him with everything that I have, then I will not be able to grab hold of the faith of all the grace that he has made available to me. So if I'm not loving him with everything I have, I'm unable to actually grasp a hold by faith of the grace that he's given me because I'm like, I don't know that you really, like, I don't know that you're really good. I don't know that you really love me. I don't know that, like, I see it, but I think as soon as I'm going to go for it, you're going to pull it away. So I'm not even going to go for it because I don't want to risk it. I have to be so confident that no matter what happens, his love is 100% secure, it doesn't change, and he's always for me. So that I can grasp into his grace and go, by faith, I'm taking a hold of what you've already accomplished, what you've already done, and I'm living into new creation that maybe my eyes don't see, but every time I grasp a hold of it, I'm bringing life into this place. I'm bringing, his life is coming into me and bringing streams of living water that flow out of me so that people can take fruit and go, hey, I need love. Hey, I need patience. I need peace. I need joy. I need all of these things. Great. I'm a tree planted by streams of living water. Take and eat. But unfortunately, I like to make excuses. And so I'll be like, hmm, oh, Romans 12. That one says, uh, to each is given a measure of faith. So I just don't have as much faith as somebody else. There's two problems with that. One, first off, <clears throat> it says that if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. And that was right after Jesus' disciples were like, hey, increase our faith. And he's like, increase your faith? Even, like, if you have a faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Like, it's not about actually having the quantity not that that's a bad thing, and not that you can't grow in faith, but it's like, don't, don't get so set on, I have to have a certain amount to be able to do this. It's always the source. It's always who he is. It's always his finished work. It's not about the quantity that I work up, that I have. It's, oh, the source is Jesus. I can have his little, little bit of faith. I can have a mustard seed of faith, but because, because it's him, big things happen, Right? So first off, it can't be like, he's just given a measure, so I'm going to use that as an excuse and be like, well, I just don't have as much as somebody else. Nope, doesn't work. Second, the parable of the talents, when Jesus talks about uh, that, that when he, he gives one man uh, ten talents, one man five, one man one, uh, what was the expectation that those people would do with those things whenever he came back? Yeah, he would, they would use them, that they would actually invest them, they would do something and like increase them, right? that they would grow in that. I think that's the way our faith is supposed to be. So whatever measure, whatever portion, whatever allotment has been given, it's not like, well, I was only given this amount. Okay. Like, is he going to come back and be like, but what did you do with it? Like, that's all, like, you have the same quantity that I left you, like, that I gave you from the get-go. Like, no, faith actually takes a growing, a, a maturing into, a developing. It's like, uh, uh, Second Peter says, add to your faith, grow in virtue. Grow in knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. It's like you're actually adding to these things. You're actually growing your faith. We want to see these miraculous things, but we still tend to doubt that, like, in all of this, so like the list from Second Peter's, grow in virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Those are basically all, like, internal character qualities. Like, those are things that, like, me as a human being, I need to be growing in character, that is a miracle. 
like when those things take place, that the Spirit comes and actually brings virtue, brings knowledge, and brings self-control, brings steadfastness, and God, like those are just as much a miracle that the inner workings of my heart are transformed, that I would go from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, that I would actually be given His Spirit to have transformation take place in my life so that things can come out that are good, not just my own motives, not just bad things. It's just as much a miracle to see those things take place as it is to have these, what we consider to be these great, magnificent miracles. So outward miracles will follow an inward miraculous work, something that has actually taken place on the inside. So if we want to see these outward, outward actions of faith, let's actually have inward actions of faith, like add to your faith virtue, add to your faith knowledge, add to your faith self-control and steadfastness and godliness and brotherly affection and love, that we would actually have all of this, that we would actually be walking in holiness so that the Holy Spirit can actually move in and actually take a place and actually work out of us. Does that make sense? So we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? So, so right actions will actually follow right thinking. So if I get my thinking in line with his because I have his mind, right? Like it says that I have the mind of Christ. So if I have his mind, I can be transformed. Like my, I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind because I have his mind. So how great is that? Like he does all the work. It's always him. It's so easy. Like, no, it's not that easy. But it, like it should be because we have his mind. We actually just have to align our lives with truth. We make it harder than it is. But right actions will follow right thinking. So faith only grows through stepping into the grace of God. James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Right? So if we actually want to see that measure of faith grow, we actually have to step into his grace. The things that he's accomplished and actually go, you know what? That's new creation type stuff. And he says that I can have that. I'm jumping in. Like, I'm grasping a hold of his grace and it might feel like I stepped a little too far beyond what I would normally, but that's grace. And that's where my faith grabs onto and goes, all right, I'm going in. Oh, whoa, he met me. He met me here. Wow. That's what the actual, act, uh, actual practical outworking of faith actually looks like in our lives when we do that. All right, so a couple... And there could be lots and lots and lots of different ideas um, of how to actually kind of work some of these things out in our lives. And I'm just going to give two. Um, I'm going to believe that the Spirit gave me these two different ones and like I could have picked other ones and I just I didn't because I think these are the ones that he wanted me to talk about. One is communion. So when, like unfortunately we're not actually taking communion today, but um, it's more than just coming and going, this is what he he did for my sins. Like that he died for my sins and this is why I'm taking this. It's, that it's what he enters us into, right? It's, it's his life that we are entering into. We're actually entering into the life of his blood, that his body is the bread of life. So we're going, oh, the bread of life. I'm actually partaking of his life in me. I'm drinking of his blood, and life, and, uh, life is found in the blood, the scriptures say. And so it's like, so I'm actually coming to him and not just going, this is what you've already accomplished. You've, you've, you've saved me from my sins, Thank you, and I'm remembering that. Like, that's good. Like, that's awesome. Like, don't forget that. But also go, what, like, what am I actually stepping into? I'm stepping into something even beyond that. I'm stepping into the, his new creation. He's going, have life. Oh, and have another piece of life. Like, have the bread of life. Have the blood of life. 
both of them are life. Just jump into life. I brought life and brought it more abundantly. I can't help but keep giving life to you guys. That's what I've done. Like, I give my spirit, which is life. So the body bore the consequences of sin and the blood pays for the effects of sin. It's about life and rejoicing over what we've been brought into without losing sight of what we've been brought out of. So like whenever the, the, um, the Israelites are brought into the promised land, like how many times in the Bible does it keep saying, remember, like remember. So remember what you were brought out of and remember what you were brought into. So it's not that we forget what we were brought out of. It's, it's uh, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Like I remember. I was a slave. I don't want to submit again to that. I will remember his faithfulness of bringing me out of and into a new creation. So when I take communion, I'm actually going, you brought me out of bondage and into new life. Communion is a perfect time to enter into joyful intimacy with Christ. It's the bond of the covenant through his blood. So what's ours is his, and what's his is ours. What's his? The creator of the universe. The one who sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. What's his is ours. We are his body. We are united with him. We are growing up into all things who is Christ the head. So when we enter into communion, we're going, I'm partaking of this life. I'm partaking of this life. And going, I'm entering into all of that. All that is mine is yours. All that is yours is mine. I get the better deal. I'm just going to say that right now. I get the better deal on this one, I think. <laughs> He's brought us out of darkness into light, right? It's like It's his marvelous light. Into, yeah, into the uh, kingdom of his marvelous light. Like that's, that's the whole idea. Is like we're brought out of something and we're completely transferred. So if I was, if I was uh, in uh, uh, like a business or a military unit or something and I was transferred, I'm no longer at the one, right? I'm someplace else when I get transferred someplace. So I'm no longer a, a, a slave to sin and death. I'm actually transferred into the kingdom of his marvelous light. I'm out of that. I'm actually seated in heavenly places with him. I'm the fragrance of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the revealing of Christ to the nations. That the manifold wisdom of God would be displayed through the church, which is his bride. And that is communion and intimacy, that the bride and the groom, the bridegroom and the, groom and, the, and the bride come together in communion, in intimacy, together at the table, and we're going, we're partaking that. What is mine is yours, and what is yours is mine. We're coming together at that moment, and that is the grace that faith takes a hold of and says, that is the life that I live into, is what you've already accomplished. All right, so the second one, uh, the second practical thing that I think um, that we can take um, in how do we live out this faith is, is fasting. Fasting is more than just denying ourselves food or thinking that by fasting you will now receive a breakthrough as payment for your sacrifice. Like how many times do we go, all right, sweet, I fasted. All right, I did my part. You do your part, God. <laughs> or hoping that this is the final straw that will show God that I am serious. I, I gave up food. It is serious, but, but when we try to take him and then put him in an arm lock and go, hey, I did my part. Mm. Come on, do your part here. That's not what fasting is about. Like that's, not what, like, that's not what life is, like that's not how this works. He's always right. Let's just get that out. Like he's always right. 
Fasting is suppressing our fleshly carnality. It's teaching us to walk in the power of, in his power and strength. So it's, it's going, flesh, you have no control, actually. It's his spirit alive in me. Like, I do realize that I'm hungry. I do realize that we've, we've been together from the beginning, and right now you don't think I remember you. But I do remember you, but I'm saying you don't have control. I'm saying that I'm actually giving the spirit control. I'm saying the spirit has more authority in this body than you do, flesh. It's life apart from the physical sustenance. It's finding him as the bread of life, as the fountain of living water. That When Jesus is like, hey, I have food that you don't know about, it's like, yeah, I have food that you don't know about, that he is the bread of life, that he is the fountain of living water, that that's my sustenance, actually, that is more important than my spirit gets fed than my physical body gets fed. And it's suppressing the desires of the flesh so I can actually walk in the power of the spirit. So when Jesus' when Jesus's disciples couldn't cast out the demon, and they're like, why couldn't we cast it out? And he's like, well, you didn't have enough faith. It's by prayer and fasting that this kind come out. And then he doesn't pray and fast. He just goes, boom, you're out. It's like, wait, what about, what about the prayer and fasting part that you didn't just do, that you just said that that's why they couldn't do it? What's that whole thing about? I feel like if it is that, then either they should have done it right then, or how, I just don't understand what just happened there. Like, how did you do that? And it's that, that um, the prayer and fasting actually gets our will and desire in line with his. That that is like, that to get our faith built up so that we can actually to cast out that demon, to actually do that, is that we, like, bringing my, my flesh into suppression, suppressing it so that I can actually walk by the Spirit, I'm going, you know what? If I actually want to have the authority, if I actually want to have the faith to actually be doing these things, I can't be continually feeding my flesh. I actually have to be feeding my spirit more than I actually feed my flesh. And so I'm actually going to go and actually spend time fasting so that I can actually be more in tune with the will of God, so that I can actually be more built up in my faith, so that when I come across these circumstances, just like Jesus, where he didn't just go off and fast, he's like, I've already been doing this. I'm already perfectly in line with the will of God. I'm actually doing these things. And so like, when my life, when I, like, I am wanting, like, in my life, I'm, I'm to be living this fasted lifestyle that I go, flesh, you have no control. Flesh, you're not the thing that runs me. The spirit is. And I have built myself so much in my time with fasting to know who you are and your will. And when I come across these things, boom, you're gone. Having our will in line with his and thus the faith in direct relationship to him, we can then say to the mountain, move, and it will be uprooted and cast in the sea. It's not about the quantity, but its source and the stewarding wherever we have and the growing into all of these things. So like prayer and fasting builds, up, builds us up in this faith that we can actually work out of so that faith isn't being suppressed by the spirit or isn't being suppressed by the flesh, but that the spirit is being built up and actually growing and having more rain than the flesh is. You know, the statement that Jesus says in the garden when, uh, when the disciples keep falling asleep, he's like, you know, the, the flesh is willing, but the spirit is, or the, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's like, actually, there's something that should be true about that statement with one change of a word, is that the spirit is willing, therefore, the flesh is weak. Like, I've so fed my spirit, therefore, my flesh has no control. Therefore, the flesh is weak. The flesh has no say. I'm living by the spirit. The spirit is willing, therefore my flesh has no control. The flesh has no strength here. The flesh is not what rules me. The flesh is not what gives me life. The flesh is not the thing that I'm actually allowing to live. The spirit is willing. I'm living by that. The flesh is weak. I'm walking away from it. 
Another time when Jesus is asked about his, uh, why his disciples don't fast and, and John's disciples did fast, um, they're like, why, why is that? And he's like, well, the bridegroom's here. I'm like, I'm here right now. There's going to come a point where I'm not here, and then they will fast for me because the fasting is to get to know him, is to actually know him, to actually have his spirit come into me so that I can actually know intimately the bridegroom ahead, like now, like so that I can actually fast. Like, I want to be with you. That's my whole hope, that I, I anchor my hope in you. So it's like, fasting isn't to put him in an arm bar, to get something done, to show him how serious I am, to do all these things. It's going, no, I want you. I just want you. I want your heart. I want to have your life. The things that you've already done, I want that in me. I want that to be what I live into. It's our longing to see the fullness of oneness that we would be one in him, right? Like we are. Um, But we actually fast and go, currently, we realize that there's still more to be had. There's still more oneness. Like there will come a day when we are fully together and we will actually see that oneness take place. And that's what I want. So when I fast, I'm going, I want all of you. I want that day to come. I want to be, I want life to be lived in a way that says, I am so in line with him that everything I do is just his life coming out of me. So it's our longing to see the fullness of oneness lived out and our willingness to sacrifice our fleshly desire to see his fullness and powers here and now. So those are the two things for just practical outworkings, communion, fasting, that we can actually live into. And and to me, it kind of changes a little bit of the perspective on what are we coming to with communion? What are we, like, what's the whole purpose? What's the whole thought process behind fasting? Both of these are, are elements of faith. And I could pick out any number of them and go, all of these things, remember like that burlap cord? It's like, it's all intertwined as faith. This river that just continues to have all of these little streams that come into it and go out of it Faith is a part of all of these things. You take a topic and go, all right, how does faith actually talk about this? How does faith actually live into this? So faith is more than just this get out of jail free card. Like, okay, great. I'm no longer going to hell. That's fantastic. Like, I don't want to go there. But that's not the whole, like, it's not just this whole thought of, all right, one dimensionalize this. Faith is me having faith in him to keep me from hell. That's like, sure, that can be a baseline but like, let's build multiple layers. Let's, let's broaden this thing out. Let's see that faith has this multidimensional thing that actually takes place and is living and active. So faith is about entering into that life that he has already brought through the spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So we can actually enter into all of these things. His spirit has, come, has already come and he says, I make all things new. Like we are new creations. So we've already begun this new creation aspect and it started in us. Like he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make you guys new creations. I'm just going to allow you to walk into something that I've already done. Let's grab a hold of his grace and go, that's my life. That's what I'm called to live into. So this isn't just this faith that allows me to escape hell, but it's, it's, it's how we actually enter into his kingdom. It's, and it's not just like, all right, cool, I'm in his kingdom. It's going, whoa, like there is this whole change then uh, when Jesus comes and starts preaching. His longest sermon in Matthew 5 is like the kingdom of God, like he just gives all of these things. It's like, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall. Blessed are the meek, for they shall. Blessed are the all of these things, and it's like, whoa, it's so counter to, to, like, it's such a different perspective, and it's like, that's the kingdom. That's what we're grasping a hold of and going, that's the life that we're called to live into, is 
the Sermon on the Mount, all of the things that Jesus says, all of the things that Jesus did is like, that's the beginning of new creation. So that when we actually live by these things, that the things that we're actually doing here and now actually have this lasting, right? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you cast out, like, it's, it, there's actually something of a lastingness to what we're doing here and now that sometimes feels like, oh, well, I guess I'll just, you know, live my life and die. Hopefully, like, maybe I influenced some people while I was here. But it's like, no, he actually says, like, the things that I'm doing here and now actually have an impact later on. So it's like, I'm actually, when I'm living by his kingdom and I'm actually living in faith, I'm actually grasping a hold of his grace. I'm bringing that, like, I'm going, new creation. I'm bringing it. It's coming into my life so that I can actually bring it into your life so I can bring it into, like, so that it just streams of living water flow out. So, like, that I'm a tree planted, my leaf doesn't wither, that, like, the, 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 the leaves are for the healing of the nations, that whatever I do, like, I'm bringing healing, I'm bringing restoration, not because it's me, but because I'm living in faith that his finished work has accomplished all of these things. So we're in, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the teachers that I like to listen to, Tim Mackey, he, he is from the Bible Project, he said, you're investing in new creation. You're living in the present as if you're living into new creation. And when you live in that way, you're creating realities that last into the future. So you're investing into new creation. You're living in the present currently as if you're living into new creation, even when you don't see it. So we walk by faith, not by sight. So not the things that we're seeing. We're actually going, even if I don't see it, I'm walking into new creation because I know that he's already accomplished the beginning works, the first fruits of it. And when you live in that way, you're creating realities that last into the future. You're living out faith when you live by the ethic of the kingdom, where love has the final say, where forgiveness reigns, where peace brings more peace, where all that is good and right actually brings more good and right. So then as Paul says in Colossians, put off the old self, right? Don't no longer walk in the desires in the fleshly nature. Like, you were bought with a price. You sit at the right hand of God the Father because you're seated in heavenly places with the Son. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery, but be like a tree planted by streams of living water that your fruit might be bearing for every season that your streams would be flowing out, that your leaves would be there for the healing of the nations, that no matter who comes to you, you're ready to be bearing fruit. And it's not your fruit, it's the Spirit's fruit through you. And that is how the Bible talks about the life that faith looks like, what that, what that, what that actually looks like to actually live faith into this world. So being empowered by and submitted to the Spirit of God so that the blessing of Eden can reach out into all of creation, so that what we see from the beginning in, the, in Eden, where it's like God created this great world, he makes this special place called Eden, puts his people there and go, hey, go out, subdue, multiply, have dominion, take over the rest of creation, bring, make the whole rest of creation look like the garden. I'm going to extend its borders every single day. Bring new life into all of these other places. He's like, go make disciples of all nations, it's the, same, it's the same thing. It's, it's go subdue, multiply, have dominion. Bring my rule into these other nations. Bring it into the people in your workplace. Bring my life into, have that garden dominion take place in every area of your life. Bring that garden dominion into every area of the world so that the glory of God would cover the, cover the world like the waters cover the sea. There's a lot of water on the seas. I don't know if you've been there, but if the water... And the sea is anything compared to God's glory covering the whole earth. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be a lot of it. So faith looks like life. 
and life more abundantly. That's, like, that's what we have to realize is that faith is actually living into life, his life, that it, he's brought life and brought it more abundantly, and that is what we're called to live into. So some of you have some stories um, that you've been, you've been brought out of different things or that you've seen different things where, where you've, you've thought to yourself, hey, I actually have to take a hold of something, and I'm not really sure that I'm ready to give up this, but I'm going to believe, I'm going to step into God's grace, I'm going to do these things. Uh, some of you have made decisions that the flesh had seem, ah, this is not a good decision, but, but you've gone, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm gonna go with God's decision, I'm going to go with his will, I'm going to say not my will but yours. And some of you have found that the truth of that is truly, is through him, and then you've actually seen transformation in your own life. So actually right now, instead of um, just going, hey, I want to, to end this, I actually want to open this up. I want to say, hey, I want to actually hear some of your stories. I want to actually hear you guys say, These are, like, this is where I actually entered into new creation. This is where I actually was like, you know what? There's something more there. There's actually something more to all of this life, and I actually want to enter into that. And these are some of the results. These are some of the things that I've seen by doing that. All right? Opening that up to you guys. I'll take the mic. Um, I have an example. Just, just in our life together, I think Kathy and me, we... Um, God, and I've probably told this to people before, but God called us into um, career decisions that made no financial sense whatsoever. But that's, that's the fleshly thinking. But I, I just want to testify how many ways he has blessed us. Like we've never owned our own house, but we live on 100 acres, okay? And, uh, and we've always had everything we need. Um, we, the, our pay, uh, paychecks have been poverty level, probably, but we've never lacked anything financially or, or um, you know, been in debt. Where, and and just God has blessed us in many ways that can't be counted in money. And he has blessed us with health and and protection and grace in all kinds of areas of life. And so you, that's what you were asking for. Where's Stephen? Um, just, just he he really has been faithful, counter to what the world would think, in so many ways in our family's life. I can pass the mic around. Um, I had a, a very exciting experience. I was in water aerobics, and there were a bunch of ladies, and just sharing and um, not feeling like I was preaching or anything. It's just words that come out, or if somebody says they're they're sick. I offered to pray for them and things like that. And um, I guess it was about 
four weeks, I had to get out of the water earlier because of another injury. And uh, so I was just sitting in the room and this woman from my aerobics class came up to me and said, can you tell me how to be saved? Just out of the blue, you know? And, and so we don't have to make it a big issue. We just have to live it. And, and it was a great blessing to me to have that happen. I can just say, um, in my earlier life, uh, I was in a religion that was uh, really strong. My whole family was. And the Lord said to me one day, you won't always be in this religion. And it was my whole life. It was something that I had to decide. Am I going to listen to the Lord or am I going to listen to what the world is telling me? And I can tell you, because I listen to the Lord, my children know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And they are following him in every step of their way. And I am so thankful for that. Now, that doesn't mean that people who are in that other religion aren't following the Lord. But I will tell you, when I decided that the Bible was all true, that it wasn't stories, that it wasn't, you know, what other people made it, because God said, I breathed the word. You know, my life, my understanding was like blown beyond my comprehension. And like today, I'm still figuring out, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so it's not like you get everything in one package. You just have to keep looking for it. But I am so thankful. I thought I would be, well, in a, in a few ways, I was the black sheep of our family for a long time. But I don't, they would never tell me that. But it's okay because they're coming to know who Jesus Christ is through us. And that is where the Lord wants the living waters to go. And so it just takes courage. It takes believing who Jesus Christ is in your life. And it's been a long road, but it's been enthusiasm. Just because it's staff dedication day and I was crying just tears of joy through the Lord will make a way song earlier because uh, most of you know there were more people up here on staff than we had one time in the school. Um, we were down to 10, if I have the numbers right, 10 full-time students and maybe five part-timers. And I held a meeting, and someone said, well, maybe it's, it's just time to close the school. Maybe the Lord just wants it. And thanks to the dedication of so many of the staff and the Lord's leading, it was like, no, we need a light. We still need a light here. And one of the um, student's parents who has gone to be with the Lord had given, us, given me a word because... Um, he knew the situation that God was going to breathe a new wind, you know, into the school. And just to, 
to stay here. So I just thank the church for the faithfulness. Um, again, it's been said so many times this morning, so much has been given up, staff's giving up um, salaries and just hanging in there and us praying and waiting for the email to come back from China that yes, the Millers were, were going to get this way um, and um, God just putting everything together. But I have a, a word for you students who are still here, not very many um, here is you have to remember that the God who's big is not like big for adults and small for children, okay? Or medium size for whoever's in between. And the same way as Stephen is spreading light and others are spreading light, like Leah, around the globe, you guys need to let your lights shine too. And uh, so I just couldn't let the day pass without saying thanks to everybody. And to You know, faith shows up in different ways. <clears throat> and uh, I guess because Stephen and I were talking, um, there were some things from, from when I had children. You know, I had, I had three kids, two boys, one girl. Uh, Stephen was lucky because he got all the hand-me-downs from David. I had boxes of clothes in the basement for him, whether he liked them or not. My poor daughter, Amy, there was only one box in the basement. And it had a lot of clothes that were much bigger than she needed. You know, like when she was three and four, these were size, you know, eights, tens. And, uh, but it was what I had. It's, you know, and, and somehow the Lord provided. But I remember one day, um, somebody needed, a little girl needed a pair of winter boots. Doggone, I knew I had them. I had them in a box. And they were too big for Amy. She'd need them in maybe four years, five years, you know. But there was a little girl who needed them now. <sighs> so I took them out of, the out of the box, and I gave them to her. And part of me wanted to say, well, when you're done, give them back. <clears throat> you know, but I knew she had a little sister who was older than Amy. So I just, I just gave them to her. But as I did, you know, as I took those boots, I just... I took him and I, I said out loud, I said, you know, not in front of the kid, the, that little girl, but as I took them, I just said, Lord, this is a demonstration of my confidence in you. That at the day where my daughter needs a pair of winter boots, you will provide. And I gave them to that little girl with no thought. And I remember doing the same with the box of clothes that somebody needed that it was probably that box of clothes. Another little girl giving those, that box of clothes, sticking it in the trunk of my car and slamming that trunk and saying, this is a demonstration of my faith that my God is big enough to provide that my needs, the needs of my children. And you know, I never remember a day that Amy did not have a pair of boots or clothes to wear. You know, and sometimes we have to do those things you know, we like to hang on to, to you know, what ifs. And uh, sometimes we have to say, no, you know, where's my confidence in my ability or in his? And that's what, that's what we do. That's how we walk out our faith. Whether it's in provision 
whether that's in healing, whether that's in, you know, a, a word of grace. We can give those things, right? Because we don't have any reason to withhold. Our God is good enough, and he will provide all we need. When I was 14 years old, I said a prayer to the Lord. I said, God, I'd like to live in a place that wasn't cold nine months of the year, like here in Colorado, that has tall mountains and beautiful trees. And, and uh, I'd like a wife I can talk over things with, and I'd like to take care of my mother when I'm old. So I graduated from high school, went to college, and ended up working for General Electric Company for a uh, couple years and then went to the University of Washington at graduate school in chemistry and and uh, how am I gonna how, I, 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 this is not good I need to tell people about Jesus well the only way you can do that is become a pastor right so therefore I went to Concordia Seminary and uh, graduated from there and uh, my wife and I uh, went off to Papua New Guinea. And so, uh, guess where we just came back from? <laughs> so out there, you know, struggle and uh, grew in faith, realized that yes, you can tithe and it's a blessing. And uh, you tell people about Jesus and they, they uh, they like that, and they grow in faith, and, and so uh, my brother, my son, blessed us with a trip to uh, Papua New Guinea, and uh, everything. I talk about smooth. Everything just clicked. People, you know, my son gave gave us a. You're going to be surprised by the people you meet. <laughs> Are we surprised by the people you meet? We, the whole week, two weeks, three weeks, we were in the upper echelon of the controlling of power in Papua New Guinea. Yeah. I met at the airport by Jennifer and, uh, and uh, Timothy Picalia. Uh, he is, uh, was uh, uh, the uh, director of the whole uh, ANGA medical program for a while. Yeah, and uh, Jennifer, oh, she just happens to be the the president of the Midwife Association for the whole nation. Uh, so that's the kind of people we were with all the whole time. And what they did, they said, thank you for coming. And they said, uh, give a blessing to the people back in the United States. Papa God, bless those people in the United States. Lord Jesus, bless those people with your grace and love. Holy Spirit, bless those people. I'll bless you with peace and joy. 
And Papa God, may we all meet together in heaven. So in Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so right before this, right before chapter 12, you have, you know, uh, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and it goes on and talks about all of these great people of faith and all of these things that are done. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, like the witnesses, the people who have witnessed to the reality that God is greater. Those who have said, this is the grace that I'm going to take a hold of and I'm going to live into. And that's what we just heard was that. People who are going, I am going to witness to the fact that he is greater, that he has a great plan, that he actually wants us to live into these things, that this is the life that he's called us into. So when it says, you know, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run, let us continue forward, let us move on into all of these things that is our life. And that's what we just heard was these type of things.